The following podcast contains scenes that some listeners might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Kansas City, Missouri, Christmas Eve, 1985. Bob Haskell was strolling the aisles at Toys R Us, looking for a Christmas gift for his eight-year-old son, Tommy. Bob was a large man, tipping the scales at over 400 pounds. He was morbidly obese and prone to sweating heavily. Middle-aged and balding, with thick Coke bottle glasses and a massive stomach which always seemed to be on the verge of bursting out of his dress shirt. His son had asked Santa for Optimus Prime, the fictional leader of the Autobots, an extraterrestrial species of sentient transforming robotic lifeforms. Prime could transform from an 18-wheeler semi-truck into robot superhero. Every child wanted one. Bob had been to Kmart, Sears, Walmart, and now Toys R Us, looking for the ever-elusive Optimus Prime. The store would be closing soon, and Bob couldn't find the damned robot action figure. He had asked a scruffy-looking employee who had gone in the back to look for it, but never returned. The shelves of the store were stacked to the ceiling with action figures from the G.I. Joe, Masters of the Universe, and Star Wars toy franchises. Supersized playsets and vehicles, including the mythical, gargantuan, mega-sized G.I. Joe aircraft carrier, the USS Flag, the holy grail of childhood toys in the jingoistic 1980s. Exhausted, Bob had left an emergency school board meeting earlier about the threats of Satanism and stranger danger. The meeting had ended with a group prayer. During the 1980s, parents were hysterical with fear that potential pedophiles were everywhere. Bob was the principal of his local elementary school, a deacon at his church, and a conservative Republican. Haskell idolized President Ronald Reagan and televangelist Jerry Falwell. He was also a man with a dark secret. Bob, you see, was a pedophile. From a very early age, Bob had had dark urges, sick and unspeakable desires. As he waited on the dirty hippie to return from the stockroom in the back, he fantasized about luring a child into the restroom and sexually abusing him in one of the stalls. No one suspected Bob's true nature, not even his own family. It was lonely being a depraved predator of children. Bob could never share his dark secret with his friends or family. He salivated over young boys and believed they weren't as innocent as they seemed. He always thought they were trying to seduce him, especially the ones from school and church. He had molested dozens of them, and no one suspected a thing. He was supposed to protect children from danger, and yet he was the danger. Of course, he swore he would kill anyone who harmed his two precious boys. It was always different when it was your own kids. It was nearly closing time and the Toys R Us was eerily deserted. Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran was playing over the PA. Bob had given up on the store clerk finding Optimus Prime. The dopehead must have run off to smoke marijuana. Bob hated pot smokers and their degenerate lifestyles. Before leaving the store, Bob realized he needed to use the restroom. As he walked to the back of the store, he had the feeling he was being watched. Eyes were on him, unseen eyes, 
hiding amongst the toys. Bob heard strange, disembodied voices, laughter, gurgling, unintelligible mumbling like baby talk. He stopped, looked around, and listened intently for a moment. All evening, he had a foreboding and general sense of dread. Bob Haskell had a sickening feeling in the pit of his stomach that something was out to get him. Was it all a setup? Were the police about to arrest him? He was a godly man and very respected in his community. His wife would never accept his unusual lifestyle, and the conversation with his kids would be very awkward. He would never see them again. Worse, how could he survive in prison with all those criminals and murderers, those sinners? In the restroom, Bob sat on the toilet reading a newspaper, the Kansas City Star. He heard another strange noise, an unsettling clicking sound or chattering. Under the door, he saw the hand of a tiny creature. It crawled inside the stall and stared up at him. The thing blinked and tilted its head. It stood roughly about one foot tall and was naked and hairless. The tiny man glared at Bob with monochromatic black eyes, black eyes of pure evil. The atrocious creature had razor-sharp, piranha-like teeth. It looked like one of those weird, hairless cats with leathery skin and human features. It was hideous, deformed, and undeniably demonic in Bob's mind. It reminded Bob of a picture of an aborted fetus he had seen once at church. A life stolen by baby-killing doctors and liberal whores. Involuntarily, a scream rose in Bob's throat. A howl of pure horror. Repulsed, he lifted his foot and stomped on the tiny creature, which gave off an inhuman shriek as the full impact of Bob's enormous foot came down on top of it. Mortally wounded, the minuscule humanoid twitched for a moment then perished. Its broken body twisted and mangled. As Bob tried staggering to his feet, he heard movement and commotion all around him. The tiny men, what the alchemists called homunculi, poured from the air vents on the floor, from the ceiling above, and even from behind the toilet where he sat. There were dozens of them, maybe hundreds. They giggled like demented little gremlins. They had been watching Bob all this time, waiting. They hollered at him in unison. Then they lunged. The snarling and drooling multitude of tiny men swarmed over Bob like maggots on rotting meat, encasing him in a ravenous horde of teeth and bites. Bob was the beetle suffocating in an army of hungry ants. With a stunning ferocity, the creature savagely burrowed into every exposed orifice on his body. His eyes, his mouth, nostrils, even his rectum as something from inside the toilet entered his anus. Biting and tearing and eviscerating his innards, Bob Haskell had never experienced suffering like this. Bob was defenseless against the attack. He couldn't scream, couldn't breathe. His insides were being torn apart. He clawed at his own stomach and tore his shirt open. Something inside began to move underneath the skin of his humongous belly. A small, bloody hand reached out of Bob's stomach. His abdomen suddenly burst wide open as an infestation of tiny mints spilled out onto the floor and a bloody sea of flesh and intestines. Bob Haskell was dead. The homunculi horde feasted upon the sexual predator's bloated corpse, 
reducing his body mass down from 402 pounds to a mere 57 pounds of skeletonized gore. The door to the restroom swung open and a man entered. It was the same scruffy-looking store clerk from earlier, now dressed in a long black cloak. The homunculi, covered in the blood and matter of a dead pedophile, greeted their master. He smiled lovingly at his minions. He was truly proud of his creations. He picked up one of his tiny creatures and began speaking baby talk to it. The infant-sized creature returned the gesture by cuddling affectionately with its progenitor. Christmas was a time for family. It was the most wonderful time of the year. Spooky? Do you think I'm spooky? I told my mom I thought I saw a werewolf. And my mom believed me. I like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay! Serious crap! You think these people were eaten? My dog stepped on a bee. Unidentified flying objects. I think that fits the description pretty well. Haunted human remains. He's dead. But he has the power to move and kill. She was bludgeoned to death with an axe. <laughs> A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. When I stand on the mountain and I say, do it, it gets done. If it don't get done, then I'll move on it. And that's the last thing in the world you want me to And this is the Spookies Podcast. <laughs> Spooky? Do you think I'm spooky? I told my mom I thought I saw a werewolf. And my mom believed me. I like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay! Serious crap! You think these people were eaten? My dog stepped on a bee. Unidentified flying objects. I think that fits the description pretty well. Haunted human remains. He's dead. But he has the power to move and kill. She was bludgeoned to death with an axe. <laughs> A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. When I stand on the mountain and I say, do it, it gets done. If it don't get done, then I'll move on it. And that's the last thing in the world you want me to And this is the Spookies Podcast. <laughs> So I was sitting here on the couch, and I sensed something was missing. And I pondered it for a moment, and I realized it was Kevin. I needed Kevin. Kevin who? The one and only Kevin. Kevin Spacey. What could be more Christmassy than Kevin Spacey talking about suicide? <laughs> it fills me with holiday cheer. Doesn't it fill you with holiday cheer? Not really. So it is December 25th, 2023, which means it's time to talk about necrophilia and cannibalism. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I'm Michael. And this is Stephanie. And welcome to the Spookies Podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 4, Christmas Evil. It turns out Christmas has a dark side. Historically, there have been a number of bizarre and horrifying Christmas murders in the United States for as long as the holiday season has existed, which is, what, 50 years? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I personally have always thought Santa Claus was a very creepy bastard. <laughs> if you think about it, the whole concept of an elderly stranger, an obese elderly stranger, <laughs> entering your house through the chimney to bring your children's gifts is disturbing. In the Middle Ages, in Europe, people believed that witches, fairies, and other creatures of the occult entered homes through chimneys, like mirrors. <laughs> God. Chimneys were often thought of as liminal spaces, doorways to other worlds, one in which creatures from other realms could invade homes and abduct children. Nice. Like Kevin Spacey. Oh, God. <laughs> the writer and historian Washington Irving, best known for his uh, short stories, Rip Van Winkle. Ever heard of that, anybody? No. And The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. You've seen the movie with Johnny Depp. I've never Duff. heard of it. No. You've seen the movie with the guy who beat Amber Heard. You've seen it. <laughs> and you know who got beat up by Amber Heard. <laughs> he borrowed the concept in the early 1800s, which he published as a satirical piece about St. Nicholas, which many believed evolved into the tradition of Santa Claus. <laughs> the pedophile. And they call him Santa you know why he's so fat? You know why he's obese? Why? He eats kids? Yeah, he eats kids. <laughs> he packs them in his belly. He just dips them in uh, hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Get some sweet and sour. Mmm, children. <laughs> the elves are children he's groomed. I hate that movie Elves too. By the way, I hate. I, hate I love that movie. I hate Christmas movies. I hate Christmas music. It sucks. No, oh. you love Die Hard. That has become that's, a Christmas movie. That's not a Christmas movie. It is, but it isn't. Stephen King is on my side. By the way, he's like, I hate Christmas music, and anybody who plays it, I'm going to kill them. He tweeted that out the other day. Jesus Christ! Yeah. I yeah. like Christmas music. I know it's so awful. I am a singer, so it makes it's sense. Tacky. Why I like Christmas, Christmas music. is tacky. I especially love the sacred music, even though I'm not a Christian. So. It's also creepy, like Silent Night. <laughs> That's Holy beautiful. Holy Night. <laughs> You're so weird. Kill the child. <laughs> Shoot the kids. It's about the uh, fake birth of Jesus Christ because it actually happened. It's in about the child sacrifice. <laughs> Haven't you read the blog? <laughs> the Bible had to tie in the winter solstice somehow to the pagans to get them to believe. No, it was invented by Jesus. <laughs> The Aryan Jesus invented Christmas. <laughs> now everyone has left this podcast. No one's listening anymore. <laughs> well, that's the when we started, that's what it was. So <laughs> they're with their families that they enjoy. Oh, uh, does anyone really enjoy their families? Come on. There's like two of, percent of, of you do. have probably good families, and the rest of us have shit. And uh, we just have to endure. We endure. I endured for my wife. I don't like anybody, <laughs> but I endured. It's understandable. Okay. So on tonight's episode, we have a very special Q&A. Because we're lazy. <laughs> Not really. No. You've been writing on this forever. Good answers. We need stuff to talk about. No, I was just dialing up the... I, we, I had to research some stuff because people sent in questions. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. I don't know anything about Christmas. <laughs> I don't like Christmas. And into Wikipedia, you went. <laughs> you can't learn anything from Wikipedia. It's just very boring, basic, dry... This person went here, or this man went here. <laughs> Sorry, Wikipedia writers, you suck. <laughs> Got to get creative. <laughs> and also, we are answering listener questions and looking back on the nightmare that was 2023. It was so mid. <laughs> I'm going to read off our first question, which is a great question from someone named Doug. 
<laughs> I won't hold Perhaps it against you. the greatest question that has ever been asked. Doug wants to know if Stephanie has an OnlyFans account. What? <laughs> Stephanie has an uncle named Doug. So it's probably the same guy. Oh, God, no. Look, Stephanie is a trad wife. She's not allowed to have an OnlyFans account. Shut the fuck up. I'm not a whore, okay? (laughs) Stephanie does like the male gaze, though. There is a difference between leering and lascivious and a nice appreciation. Well, I'm just lascivious. Sleep. You know, nice nice look. That's okay. Yeah, why, why is it when women gaze at men, that's okay? Like I never hear anybody say that's immoral, but a man looking at a woman's tits, it's There's like a, it's a, yeah, because that's the what that's the difference. But if you look at a man's ass, and women do, they literally put Ben Affleck in the Batman v Yeah, but I don't know if women are just ass. out there like leering at men's ass. I've way. heard women go see movies just because they heard the man gets yeah, naked. Yeah, but they're not doing it in public and just staring at someone's ass the way men will just like creepily stare at a woman, and that's what I'm talking about. That's creepy. It's it's biological. So, but a glance or, you know, hmm. I don't mean being rude, but I'm just saying looking at attractive women is not that's not rude. sexist or misogynistic or we're off on this weird tangent, but no, it's not. No, rude. this is what we're talking about. This, oh, is, God. this is a question. Listen, um, only fans. Uh, uh, it's prostitution. However you want to look at it. So is uh, stripping and all that shit. You do it if you want to do it. It's not my deal. I even looked into the feet thing to think it was like, maybe, maybe I can just make some money. You would from Tarantino. And I was like, you know what? I'd have to talk to creepy people. And I don't want to do that. And you have to do a lot of work just for feet. And I, I'm i not into that shit. Because, I, again, I, I don't want to sell myself in that way. I have hair. We're all whores to an extent. You know, we have to sell ourselves to corporations to make money. But when it comes to taking off my clothes or doing other creepy, fetishy, weird things. Look, you do you. You have fun on I there? I have hairy feet. I can sell them. <laughs> <laughs> I, what i love about it is but no no and, uh, and no shade to anyone if they have an only fans and they're using it and stuff you know if that's again you do you <laughs> on no. social media you have all these women who self-identify as communists i'm not talking about the women who are you know called communists because they're liberal i'm talking about yeah. the self-identifying i'm a comrade the cr- the crazy leftist yeah. yeah but they all have only fans accounts they're like a communist on the streets and a capitalist between the sheets. <laughs> I would say this. OnlyFans is a good alternative to actual prostitution yeah. and pornography. But as it gains popularity, it can only have a negative impact on women it and is, their self-image is. and the way men view them. Men, I have noticed more men um, objectifying women just solely on looks and that is the only thing that brings to the table and it's like well why should we be with you if we're gonna if we're gonna well, make basic solely on looks and you're a fat slob then why what you're not giving me a good reason here but like well there's a reason for that though. i don't like this stuff it's gross there so there's a reddit forum i saw where they were rating like women and they were a bunch of these chicks are also headless so again it, it really it really um dehumanizes and depersonalizes what you're looking at that this is an actual person they were like florence pew is a four <laughs> fat people saying florence yeah, Pugh. it's all four. fat guys on reddit <laughs> no, no no offense to fat people but look, look i got extra i got extra cushion it's fine you mm. know but i'm not out here calling people a fucking four as a fat person i am <laughs> <laughs> look men need to learn proper hygiene and develop social skills. Yeah. They need to learn how to treat a woman. Mm-hmm. 
And women need to start having reasonable expectations and stop dreaming of dating douchebag billionaires. Well, I've seen two types of chicks. They either have unreasonable expectations or they have, like, the expectations are in the fucking gutter. Like, they're like, I'll pay you if you just stay with me. Like, what is happening? That's not very many women these days. But women, there are women who will literally beg for just some loser because they're so afraid of being alone. And it's like, get therapy. Please go get therapy. Both of (laughs) y'all. If you're just seeing women as as pieces of meat, you need therapy. If you're if you don't view yourself as like needing love from a real human being, you also need therapy. Well, I'll say this to women. Unless you're a 10, it isn't happening. Not with rich guys. No. Rich guys only want tens. I'm talking about you look like you walked out of um Photoshop. The you're odds, a fucking unicorn. Yeah. If you're not rich, the odds are not in your favor. <laughs> People tend to date those within their own social class. Yeah. This is historically, this is how mm-hmm. it's always been, you know. Sociology teaches us this. Single wealthy men aren't interested in your mind. I'm sorry, most of them are no, just not. They're not. Ladies, you need to understand this. Yeah. Okay. I know. And look, these men who go around calling all the actresses mid, the the, the men who think uh, Margot Robbie's like a four or a five. It's like, you're gay. You're, <laughs> you're gay. Just fellas, come out. You're gay. Is it gay to think that Margot Robbie is hot? Is it gay? <laughs> I just want to know. Yeah, she's trans. <laughs> and this weird conspiracy theory that all the actresses are trans. All these really hot women, these the fucking gorgeous women. That I've seen photos of them as children. Like, I've seen... Like, they'll post pictures on their Twitter, like, this is me when I, on my Christmas. And they're, they're beautiful. <laughs> they're cute little kids. And you're like, yep, I'm not surprised. Some of them, some of them were kind of ugly ducklings. And I, I always find those really interesting, because you never know that they were going to turn into these, like, stunning human beings without plastic scary surgery. in general. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a, kind of a crapshoot with children. Because I've seen cute kids who then grew up to be really ugly adults. Mm, yeah. Sorry. I mean, it's just... You don't know. It's the luck of the draw. <laughs> That's exactly what know? I'm saying. <laughs> Which is why it's important for both sexes to have a personality. Some people chose and have interests. poorly. <laughs> yeah. And have interests and develop those things so that you have things you can bond over that's not just sexual. Well, that's that's not me because I'm just sexual. Sure. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. It's Christmas horror. Oh, we're, we're, we're changing gears. Wait, wait, wait. This is Christmas evil. This is not, you know, love line. <laughs> Nobody's going to get that reference. What the fuck is love line? I miss Loveline. That was a great show. Yeah. Now Adam Carolla just is a right-wing dick writer, loser. I know. And uh, Drew, uh, what's his last name? The Oh, he's a grifter, too. Yeah. He's turned into, like, yeah, he's, but he's working for, like, some like, court TV or some shits. Um, but I really enjoyed it. He had a lot of good information about, like, addiction and things like that. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not dumb. I don't oh, think, he was a great he's I a great doctor. I don't think either one of them are dumb. No. They're, I just, you know, I mean, but I feel like those people, the man show people are all hypocritical. Joe Rogan is where he's at. He thinks he's an idiot. And then Jimmy Kimmel is pretending he's not an idiot, but he's also an idiot. <laughs> he's still. And he's a still, sexist. He, and he don't. You know, he's got. Look, I would I say, say Carol is the no, smartest. Jimmy Kimmel has actually got. I think he's evolved. I think he's probably still has some sexist tendencies. You know, that oh, he totally does. But I think he's actually gotten better. He's improved. Yeah. He's probably the and, most improved and from Stephen that show. And Stephen Colbert is the kind of person that will apologize to a woman for looking at her. Yeah. God, why? Stop it. He's cringe. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I've got a good question here. Okay. I have, to, I have to tell a story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alexandra Joy writes, 
Do you guys know if there has ever been a murderous Santa Claus like in the slasher movie Silent Night, Deadly Night? I know there is an episode of Tales from the Crypt with a killer Santa Claus, but what about killer Santas in the real world? I have always felt Christmas had a dark energy about it. Thank you. See, Stephanie, I'm not alone. (laughs) I feel vindicated and gratified that another human being hates Christmas as much as I do. (laughs) She didn't say she hated Christmas. Thank you, Alexandra. Alexander the Great. (laughs) And yes, sadly, Killer Santa Claus is a thing. It is a thing. There have been some truly gruesome examples. At approximately 11.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Christmas Eve 2008, the year of Obama, In Los Angeles, California, Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, dressed in a Santa Claus suit, knocked on the door of his former in-law's house. They were having a Christmas party. It was this thing they did every year. Everyone's having a great time. And you have this eight-year-old girl named Katrina. And she sees Pardo from the window and she runs to the door to greet him. She is eight years old and she believes in Santa Claus, like most children. And it looks like he's carrying presents. She runs straight to the front door, opens it, and yells, Santa's here! And what does Pardo do? He shoots her in the face with a semi-automatic handgun, which is all sorts of fucked up. I believe he also had three additional semi-automatic handguns in his possession, if I remember correctly. And then he goes full Kyle Rittenhouse on the unsuspecting partygoers. He just starts shooting everyone in sight. Then he unwraps the gift that he brought them, a homemade flamethrower. Oh, my God. Which he used to burn the house to the ground. I'm assuming his ex-wife was in here and that was his kid? Yes. He killed his own kid? I don't know if that was his kid. No, I don't think it was. But it's a family member. It used to be a family member. It's a person they knew. They had like 20, I I forget how many people's in there. Um, It's still a little girl. Yeah, in the face. Yeah. This is probably the only time on the pod I will get to use the term homemade flamethrower. Sounds like something Elon Musk would make, because he loves to hold up flamethrowers. Maybe one of his cars could, you know, manufacture it from the fucking... Well, the car blows up, so... (laughs) Exactly, it's fine. Nine people in total were killed, including Pardo's ex-wife and her mother, father, sister, and two brothers. Oh my god. The whole fucking family? They were killed from either gunfire or they burned to death. And three others were wounded. The eight-year-old girl who was shot in the face had severe but non-life-threatening injuries. How she survived that, I don't know. You have a 16-year-old girl shot wounded in the back, and you have a 20-year-old woman who suffered a broken ankle jumping out of the second floor window to escape the raging inferno. The house became engulfed in flames, so Pardo fled the scene and drove to his brother's house about 30 minutes away, where he turned the gun on himself and blew his brains out. At his brother's house. Yeah. What a guy. Now, this is an interesting anecdote. His body was found covered in third-degree burns, and portions of the Santa suit had actually melted into his skin. Good. There was uh, one survivor who called the authorities during an attack after escaping to a neighbor's house. The resulting fire soared approximately 40 to 50 feet and took 80 firefighters an hour and a half to extinguish. Jesus Christ. Due to the intensity of the fire, identification of the victims had to be done by referencing medical and dental records. Now, the killer's motive? Truthfully, we don't know. People think it was because she had filed for divorce. Yep. He lost his job. He was struggling to make ends meet. The stress of the divorce caused... It did take a financial toll. He was paying like a ridiculous amount of child support, which I'm fine with, but it was a lot of money. I mm-hmm. looked up the sum. 
causing him to spiral into the laughing face of madness. And an FBI profiler speculated that extreme narcissism and obsessive compulsive disorder pushed him over the edge. The tragedy came to be known as the Christmas Massacre, for obvious reasons. It's a pretty cold-hearted son of a bitch that would shoot an eight-year-old girl in the face. A cute eight-year-old girl opens the door, hey, Santa, and you just shoot her in the face. And you've got a flamethrower. And you're dressed as Santa Claus. What is wrong with you? I mean, I can guess, but why was he dressed as Santa Claus? Supposedly, his wife's family had a tradition of a neighbor dressing up as Santa Claus and visiting their house on Christmas Eve. You know, these people, that's what doomed them, is they had a party on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas Day, because Stephanie's very anal about it. It's got to be Christmas Day. No, 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 no. I like like opening all the gifts and stuff on Christmas Day. Some people like to do it Christmas Eve. It feels fucking weird to fuck it up. And this year, it was Christmas Eve, and I didn't like it. Because I feel like today feels weird now. It's all off. And I think it's, I think it's how you say this guy's name, Pardo. I've seen people say Pardo, Pardo. Whatever. I think it's Pardo. But in his own twisted way, I think he thought he was killing his ex-wife's happiness by burning their house to the ground. Well, and her family, who probably supported the divorce, because I'm sure he was abusive. Narcissists are always abusive. So, divorced dads can be murder. Um, even married dads can be family annihilators. They can so. go from being Mr. Mom to building a bomb in the blink of an eye. Oh, shit. <laughs> those without hope can and do kill all right so vanessa asks can you guys explain the legend of krampus my family is convinced it is a satanic perversion of christmas (laughs) i know christmas has pagan roots i love you for that um who doesn't know that by now though um everyone who's a christian (laughs) but the lore surrounding krampus confuses me is he supposed to be santa's evil doppelganger everyone has a different answer it seems if you want to trigger a christian tell them christmas has pagan roots (laughs) i will let you take this one stephanie i'm just i'm just so glad that she knows this i think that's really cool yeah thank you vanessa yeah she's smart yeah so the origin of krampus is still a mystery to this day Krampus's name is derived from the German word Krampen, meaning claw, and is said to be the son of hell in Norse mythology. The horned beast also shares characteristics with other scary demonic creatures in Greek mythology, including satyrs and fauns. Uh, there is a debate about whether uh, Krampus's origins are pagan. Some scholars say he is. Some say Krampus has its origins in the pagan celebration of the winter solstice. You know, Stephanie's favorite holiday, right? Mm-hmm. The aesthetics of Krampus, though, are definitely pagan. It's got that fertility god look. Well, I think he looks like the horned god of, of old druid <laughs> mythology. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, some folklorists and anthropologists have speculated that it may, it may have predated Christian origins. The old gods, the old ways. Yeah. I'll do that in Christopher Lee voice. <laughs> <laughs> the old ways, Saruman. <laughs> The legend of Krampus is generally thought of having emerged from the Yuletide festivals in Slavic and Austrian celebrations. You know, where Vikings hung out. And Nazis. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) At first, it was more of an idea. An amorphous, threatening boogeyman parents evoked to make kids behave when food was scarce and detention wavered during the long winter nights. Because we don't want kids wandering out of the house during winter... Oh, you mean like your your niece vaping? <laughs> we don't want kids wandering out of the house into the snow to freeze to death or maybe to be eaten by wolves or bears or other things. Or pedophiles. <laughs> so, 
Yes, a, a lot of folk tales were meant to keep children inside the fucking house. Scary. <laughs> Stay in. <laughs> because kids get into mischief, often like my cat. Yeah. Krampus is described as this half man, half goat Christmas demon thing who, according to legend, appears every December to punish naughty children and maybe even drag them to hell. Although Krampus appears in many variations, most share some common physical characteristics. He is hairy, usually brown or black, and has the cloven hooves and horns of a goat. His long, pointed tongue lolls out and he has fangs. The Krampus may carry a pitchfork and often has a sack or basket to collect children. For minor offenses, Krampus might choose to simply beat the child with a bundle of sticks. I just want to say you should never beat your children. If you really want to punish them, simply take them to a screening of Aquaman the Lost Kingdom. <laughs> Give them the herd. <laughs> the full herd. I was about to say you have to subject them to Amber Heard's horrendous yeah. <laughs> thing she calls acting. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get back to Cramp Town. Before I get a cramp in my leg. <laughs> Crumpy. The haberdashers, hemoglobins. <laughs> Does anyone listen to Tony Baker, the comedian? Does Isn't anyone this listen a TikTok to TikTok dork? He's well, yeah, he's on Instagram oh, too. Oh God! But it's it's really more Instagram because you know he's a millennial like us, so we're old. And we do stuff. It's probably and he, a free Palestine. No, he does like voiceovers of like animals. They're, it's fucking funny. Anyway, Krampusstein. <laughs> Some of his skits will start with um, what? <laughs> In the haberdasheries and hemoglobins, what that has to do with anything? Ooh, it's Krampusman listing tonight. <laughs> All right. What happens to the really naughty children? Okay. So if the children are really bad, um, Krampus is said to drown children. Yeah, drown them. <laughs> I mean, why not? Better than a flamethrower. Eat them like a chicken wing. <laughs> okay. What? Why is that funny? <laughs> I'm just imagining children kebabs. <laughs> this big demon thing, and he's holding them like a corn. <laughs> corn I love the movie Krampus. It's, it's my favorite Christmas movie. Rolling it. <laughs> I'm taking bites out of a kid. <laughs> I'm going to hell. Um, <laughs> or, or he tosses them into a sack and carries them away to the fires of hell. That's so metal. <laughs> <laughs> and according to legend, Krampus supposedly watches us from the time we are born. Creepy! <laughs> there are actually images of the demon carrying hordes of infants away to meet some horrid fate. So it's like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> so I had a thought. What if Michael Jackson was actually Santa Claus <laughs> this entire time? And Krampus is his supplier of children. <laughs> and maybe a supplier of Jackson juice. We don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. But do we know if Santa Claus has ever been to Epstein's Island? We should check the flight logs. Maybe he takes people to Epstein Island. Wow, he's, the, the, the magic sleigh yeah, with the magic Bill's reindeer. Yeah, on the back with Trump and they're riding on there. <laughs> Let's check the manifest at the North Pole. <laughs> you, know, just, you know, go down Candy Cane Lane. <laughs> Santa a, Claus is a very sick man. <laughs> take a ride at Gumdrop Road. Somewhere in Alaska. I don't know. Santa Claus is at CPAC abducting kids. <laughs> kids are at CPAC? Oh, yeah, definitely kids are at CPAC. Yeah, and then they're never heard from again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> There's these holes that open up in the floor and they're dragged down by Krampus, who's a Republican. 
Okay. All the conspiracy people, they think the Democrats are all satanic. I got news for you. They're all satanic. They're all working for Krampus. <laughs> and all your children are going to be abducted and eaten by Krampus. <laughs> they won't make it. Are you okay over there? No. <laughs> How much drugs did you do when we started this? Jesus Christ. Are you been drinking? Uh, I don't need any. I just have coffee. <laughs> all right. Let's get on with the show. All right. All right. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, Krampus, some believe, was created as a counterpart to kindly St. Nicholas, who rewarded children with sweets. In Catholicism, St. Nicholas is the patron saint of children. His Saint's Day falls in early December, which helped strengthen his association with the Yuletide season. So Catholic, Mm -hmm. definitely a pedophile, (laughs) perhaps the first pedophile to have ever existed, the OG pedophile. You mean like in the Bible? No, I'm talking about Krampus and St. Nicholas. (laughs) They're both pedophiles. Yeah, but you're saying the first one, so the the first written pedophile? No, it's just it predates history. It's like, you know, when the earth was first formed, you know, 5,000 years ago when it was formed, the young earth. 5,000 years ago. The young earth. Don't you know the young earth? How have people even managed to survive this long? I don't even Because know. they rode on the dinosaurs. You're so dumb. Cowboys and Indians, dinosaurs, all lived together. They were harmonious and then the woke mob came about and destroyed everything with labeling everybody you called them indigenous and then everybody resented them they had more freedom when they were called red man and you know these awful names are you being serious or no people believe this i have seen this what on the right or the left i can't I can't well, tell the difference sh- anymore. It keeps shifting because it was Native American, and then it was Indigenous, and now it's just they keep shifting the language. Yeah. Like global warming, then climate change. For some reason, they think climate change sounds less scary or or more scary. And I'm like, no, global warming sounds more ominous. Uh, climate change was developed because it sounded less scary, and that way people would take it less seriously. Well, that's not what I heard. My well, research. That's I had heard. Okay. <laughs> anyway what what does krampus do (laughs) so krampus in contrast would swat wicked children and stuff them in a sack and take them back to his lair you know we don't eat them like we don't want to know what he does in the lair (laughs) eating them it's the kevin spacey of it all it's truly a thing to behold (laughs) are we entirely sure that kevin spacey isn't krampus he He appears every christmas (laughs) whether we want him to or not he's just i have just here now look I have watched enough episodes of Grimm to know that magical creatures described as humans walk among us. <laughs> and what would Christmas be without a shitty annual Kevin Smith? I mean, Kevin Spacey pseudo-admission of guilt video. <laughs> what does Kevin Smith have anything to do with it? He's, no, he's a pedophile too. No, he's not. He's in Hollywood. What are you talking about? Oh, God. Haven't you, don't you know the symbolism? Jesus Christ. Haven't you read the blogs? Yeah, Kevin Smith is fine. Not wrong, Kevin Smith. <laughs> he's just an idiot. So, and this year... Kevin Spacey did something even more magical. Oh, God. He dropped a video of himself hanging out with Tucker Carlson. The Tucker Carlson. Yeah, who doesn't even have a show anymore. It's like some thing But he on... has a Twitter. Yeah. Or Xer or shitter. Or, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not calling it X. It's two, still fucking Twitter. <laughs> two lonely gay men <laughs> with nothing better to do than stage a stupid holiday stunt for attention. <laughs> two lonely gay men who have been on Epstein's jet. 
who have been to the island with Krampus. (laughs) (laughs) And the best part is Kevin Spacey in the video acts like Frank Underwood from House of Cards, his character from House of Cards. The entire time. It's so weird. It's so creepy. Because it is 2023 and the world doesn't make a lick of sense anymore. <laughs> when the fantasy is all that's left, the impulse is to get lost in it. I mean, I will say I kind of admire his acting ability. It's still... Oh, he's a great actor. He's incredible. But God damn it, he's fucking freaky. <laughs> he's a creepy dude. Henry Ford was a great businessman. He was also an anti-Semite and a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't a good person. Yeah. No. When Kevin Spacely... Spacely. Spacely. When when Spacey... (laughs) When Kevin Spaceling... No. (laughs) When Kevin Spacey finally drops a video of him and Epstein having a cocktail on some beach somewhere, and that is coming, (laughs) everyone is going to be shocked and going to burst out laughing. (laughs) Because charades usually are humorous. Epstein didn't kill himself. He never died. He faked his own death. It's a riddle wrapped in a mystery, wrapped inside an enigma. (laughs) Well, when you have the help of the CIA, you can do anything. Even those at the highest levels of power do not know where Epstein is. Mm -hmm. Since you like Christmas, I got a joke for you, Stephanie. (laughs) What do Jeffrey Epstein and Christmas decorations have in common? Oh, God, I don't know. They didn't hang themselves. Oh, God! (laughs) He knew Trump wouldn't leave him hanging. Okay, moving on. More Christmas horror. Terror, horror, terror. Scary stuff. This is actually, this is scary. This is, this is, this freaked me out, so. Okay. So Tina writes, for the past three years, every December, my daughter Kelsey has seen a strange figure standing beside our Christmas tree. She describes him as gaunt, covered in cobwebs with glowing red eyes. The other night, my husband and I awakened to the sound of Kelsey screaming. She claims she saw a face in the ceiling, the old man with the glowing red eyes. I'm an atheist, but my family is Catholic and believes she is possessed. They want an exorcism performed on her. My daughter has been seen by both a medical doctor and a child psychologist. They cannot find anything medically wrong with her because there isn't. Nevertheless, I fear she may have early onset schizophrenia. The holidays have become a nightmare for me and my family. My question is, as experts in the paranormal, what exactly should I do? Is it possible ghosts or demons do exist? I like that. Experts in the paranormal. (laughs) It makes it sound like the Ghostbusters or those frauds, (laughs) Ed and Lorraine Warren. Well, while I don't consider myself an expert, I do consider myself well-read on it, on the subject. Who doesn't want to be married to Vera Famiga? (laughs) Tina... On a serious note, I want to say I'm very sorry this is happening to you and your family. Stephanie, you're the ghost person. <laughs> you believe the dead speak. Yeah. What do you think? Well, um, children are, are very closely connected to the other side. I know you're an atheist, but let's, just for the sake of argument, say that there is another place that we exist after we die. and It's called Walmart. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no. And as a child, you're newly come from that place. So your uh, receptivity to paranormal experiences is much higher than an adult who's maybe closed themselves off from these things. Whether you're born psychic or not, you can have psychic experiences as children and then kind of grow out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if this is a new house that you you move to. Maybe it's an old house, but it's, it's a new home is what I'm asking. That could be why she's seeing something. I, I, it sounds like a ghost. The glowing red eyes makes it sound like a ghost. 
And um, you can make them leave, or at least leave your kid alone. And there's lots of kind of remedies to do this or spells, but really, it's about intention. So honestly, just confronting it and saying it, even if you don't see it, and asking for the help of whatever you believe in, whether it's God, or uh, the white light of the Holy Spirit, or your your angels, or your, your, what am I trying to say, your spirit guides. We have a lot of helpers that are unseen, that are willing to give aid. And really, <laughs> just saying, leave my kid alone, and I don't want to look at you, I don't want, right. I don't want her to see you, you're scaring her. Because a lot of times ghosts don't know what the fuck they're doing, like they're just kind of you know, like they want someone to pay attention to them. No one can hear them. They don't understand that they're dead. They can't, they can't understand this stuff. And they're like, oh, this kid sees me. Hey, or it could just be an asshole who's died and they're a ghost. That happens. Well, I, I want to tread carefully here due to ethical concerns because there's a child involved here. Um, right. This is if it's a ghost. So if it's a ghost, you can try these steps. I understand that fear of schizophrenia. However, it's only seeming to occur once a year. Christmas is the worst season. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe this man died at Christmas. Maybe he killed himself. I don't know. Um, I don't think your daughter needs an exorcism. I think that is really extreme. (laughs) I don't believe in them. I don't believe in them. I don't believe in demons. I don't think they... I'm not Catholic. You you cannot be possessed by something unless you give it permission to possess you. Meaning if you want to become someone who can channel uh, ghosts or people from the other side, that, that has to be from your permission, Right. They can't just inhabit you well, without your your knowledge or will. That is not a thing. But that's something uh, that I know it comes from in the Catholic faith. It comes from a lot of things, but I'm not going to get that. But, Tina, what you're describing uh, sounds like a poltergeist. Now, some believe, you know, poltergeist are denizens of the spirit world, a type of vengeful spirit attracted to the negative energy of an unhappy child or adolescent. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about your child, so I'm not going to speculate on that. That is if poltergeists actually exist. Now, she mentioned the Christmas tree, and that got me thinking, maybe the ghost is tied to the Christmas tree. Oh, is it, maybe is it a secondhand Christmas tree? I don't know. Is it ornaments? Don't know. Yeah, because that's the other thing, too. Ghosts, even malevolent ghosts or, or benevolent ones, doesn't matter. They can attach themselves to things. There's also something called the stone tape theory. And it's this idea that ghosts are actually recordings of past events and are somehow stored in inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking of the Christmas tree. Yeah. The theory goes that when certain conditions are met, these recordings can be played back. And that is what people experience as a ghost. Like It's like a residual haunting or replay of a past event. Yeah. Usually something traumatic. This is like a recording that can play many times, and the story always unfolds in the same way. Sort of like what we did with the Resurrection Mary episode. But ghosts do walk in loops, meaning they kind of follow the same That's path over and, what, and over and over again. That is. Yeah, or... It's like a it's, record. But if it's an imprint, which is different than just a ghost, that's just like the house or the soil kind of absorbing uh, the human interactions that occurred there, then that's a little different. But I think because it keeps changing like position, and she's seeing it in different ways... Um, I do think this is a ghost. And poltergeist kind of indicates more something is like throwing things around. Or now, I want to be clear. There's no scientific evidence to support the stone tape theory. I'm skeptical about it, but I just think it's interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, do not allow them to perform an exorcism on your daughter. Yes. It's a form of child abuse yes. <laughs> and a load of horseshit. Yeah. No offense, but it is. It's, yeah. it's child abuse. And it actually has killed children before. It's also in that weird... Uh, area of that stuff like the rebirthing which i also 
we are going to get that case one day, the rebirthing Candace Newmaker, which is horrifying. All right, next question. Well, before we get to that, there's one other thing I was thinking of. Um, I don't know, is your daughter falling asleep near the Christmas tree? Because she could be experiencing sleep paralysis. And I'm not kidding, because I've, I've actually had this happen to me from a medication I was on and then promptly taken off of. It looks like a fucking demon in a corner. I'm not kidding. And well, it does look like you can see glowing red eyes. It looks just like what you're describing. Yeah. Um, that could that has to be checked out by an actual sleep specialist because it's something that's going on in the brain. Now, for me, it was a medication that was changing my altering my brain chemistry. But um, you can, and it sucks because you can't move or talk or breathe. I mean, it just it feels like you're being suffocated. So that would be medically if there is if it's anything, I would think maybe sleep paralysis. Um, otherwise. I would go with like, you know, basically like a banishing spell. This reminds me of that bunk bed case in Unsolved Mysteries. That's one of the best mm-hmm. segments, the bunk bed, which is not on. You can't find it on streaming. They took it down because I think the family didn't want it. Well, and the other thing you can do, too, before your daughter goes to bed or as she, you know, you're tucking her in is that you pray over her and you ask for her spirit guides to watch over her. And She's an atheist. And <laughs> I know she is, but I'm saying for the sake of her, you don't have to believe. What I'm saying is you don't even have to believe, but even just the act of asking for help. You're asking for whatever is hanging out in the universe. You're pushing her towards exorcism. <laughs> Not pushing her towards exorcism. Because you're saying pray like your family prays in their camp. Well, no, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean it like that. I mean, I'm look, I'm a new ager, okay? I'm, I'm a not. new agey. I, I don't want to say hippie because they're dirty and they smell. But, <laughs> but I believe in actually, you know, praying to whatever brings you comfort. Yeah. And praying is an easy way to save, like meditating or whatever. You know, it's... That's very e- people understand what that means. Okay, when you say to pray, which is basically it's almost like um, doing a prayer over your daughter. It could be, it's almost like a spell in a way. If you wanted I to get witchy about it, just never expected haunted Christmas tree would be in this episode. So, but it is. <laughs> and I hope Christmas gets better and it doesn't traumatize your daughter forever uh, from you know really probably not liking Christmas because of uh, seeing a freaky demon man next to the christmas tree so always old white men's ghost yeah it's very british for for all we know if it is a ghost what if it's someone that killed themselves it's very mr james you know in that spot where your christmas tree is nobody i don't know nobody's gonna know what mr james is i I don't even know it's it's an author Uh, right it's ghost okay let's get to the next question it's all for me where are we at okay marcus Mm -hmm. marcus writes i really enjoyed the first resurrection mary please tell me the second one ain't gonna be woke (laughs) Not at all. <laughs> Do you know us? <laughs> the sequel does have political elements, but it's mainly about Mary killing terrible people and fighting werewolves in cemeteries. It's very deep. <laughs> she is unapologetically sexy and seductive, but also strong and incredibly dangerous. She is the archetype of the mysterious, dangerous woman. Lilith, Subcubi, Medusa, Brides of Dracula. <laughs> Her beauty and her sex appeal are part of her power over others. She is basically a god, the goddess of the dead. Now, I love Rey from Star Wars. I love the Scarlet Witch. I love Wonder Woman. But I want to see more stories with heroines who weaponize their sex appeal. Our society as a whole is becoming too puritanical and sexless and sterile. Yes, it's gross. I think people are going to be shocked 
at how savage Mary is in the second one. And when I say savage, <laughs> I mean Art the Clown in Terrifier 2 level savage. And oh, people, God. People who have seen that movie, you know what I'm talking I'm about. I'm not even watching that movie because it's too much for me. I'm like, nope. She kills both humans and werewolves. You know, we're calling them werewolves because I don't want to say dog man over and over. Because after you say it like twice, it sounds really dumb. You know, <laughs> as opposed to werewolves. Uh <laughs> The challenge for me as a writer and a storyteller is to make Resurrection Mary likable even when she is brutally murdering people. <laughs> she is a monster. We're keeping her a monster. But she still has a capacity for empathy and kindness. And she's actually the only one capable of seeing what has gone wrong with the world in the time period the story is set. Everyone else is kind of plugged into the Matrix. You know, like Logan Paul claims we're all... <laughs> She is the voice of reason, the symbol of hope, the light in the dark. And I'm very much drawing upon the Dark Knight and the Batman for inspirations for the second chapter of her story. But in tone, it's more akin to something like Predator 2 or Robocop. It's satirical. The new Robocop or? No, the original. The original one. Yeah. Okay. The sequel is full of terrible people, influencers, liars, scumbags, grifters, activists. <laughs> I want to peel back the veneer of civilization and show you the rot underneath. It takes place in 2029, and the Republicans have tossed out the Constitution, allowing Elon Musk to become president. And if that's not scary, what is? Yeah. Alex Jones is a vice president. <laughs> America is a failed state. It's summer, and the world is on fire from climate catastrophe. Hell on earth. And the soaring temperatures have drawn an apex predator to the city of Chicago, a monster formed from the primal, unrestrained, animalistic side of human nature, the dogman. <laughs> Monsters, from Ted Bundy to Jack the Ripper, always arise out of the festering moral rot of, a societal, of societal decay. And this is something I've noticed in my research, is how they seem to come at these moments. Mm -hmm. And the dogman is almost summoned to Chicago how broken that city has become by 2029. I know I'm picking on Chicago here, even though it's sort of a celebration of Chicago. By 2029, social media has completely fractured the country. People can no longer recognize the same truth at all. Everything's a conspiracy theory. Everything is, oh, that's just an opinion. Everything is. And that's a very dangerous and volatile world. We're pretty much there now. We're getting, yeah, but it, this is at the point where there is no fact checking. There is nothing because Elon's in charge. Ah, and, oh, yeah. So and everyone's Alex Jones is in charge. The news is democratized. The police bullshit. are privatized. <laughs> I agree. The space cars are driving around. Those <laughs> stupid looking box cars. That's the police. <laughs> Keep catching on fire. Everyone is cut off from one another, cut off from their own humanity. And Mary, being Mary, is immune. She is a woman out of time. And part of the fun of the sequel is seeing her ad try to adapt to living in the future. To be a woman of the 21st century without being domesticated by it. She's still Mary. She's still feral. And she spends the first story, if you think back on it, she spent that story miserable. The whole thing is this very like miserable, sad story. The second story, everyone else is miserable, but Mary is living her best life. Mary <laughs> is having fun in a macabre sort of way. You know, she's having a good time, having that song, you know? like. Uh, and Resurrection Mary in the sequel is meaner and more cruel than ever. She's dialed up to 11, okay? Against bad people. Again, there's a bunch of terrible people. You're going to cheer when they die. Trust Are you just me. telling everyone the whole story now? No, because they don't know how she comes back. That's a mystery. Okay. They don't know the whole setup for it, which is crazy, which I've come up with. 
they don't know all the twists and turns in the story or the murders and how the murders happen. Because because I would hope that it's not like the new movie trailers where they just show you the whole fucking movie. No, and you're I'm like, just yeah, I don't even need to watch it. I'm just it hinting now. at the tones and things like that. I'm, I'm trying nice. to prepare people for the tone of what this is. This is a different tone. We're not just doing. It's not a ghost story. Okay, that's a spoiler. It's not a ghost story. It's a monster story. It's a monster story. It's a horror story. There is an anger to the second one that has been building up in me all year, and I'm expressing it through my writing. I am fed up with modernity. I'm fed up with all this postmodern nonsense, whether it comes from the right or the left. It, The story is me picking up an axe and taking it to the broken zeitgeist and smashing it to bits. There is a brutality to this story that is sickening, but it's a horror story. It's supposed to be gross. It's supposed. It's body horror that we said at the beginning of the season there would be body horror. This is takes that even further. And there was body horror in the last episode, especially with what happened to a certain police officer. <laughs> but the pacing of the story is very different. It is relentless. It's like an episode of 24. It just goes from one thing to the next. One and now not Rise of Skywalker where you have you know it, it slows down at parts. <laughs> And I like Rise of Skywalker. I'm not reading like Rise of Skywalker. No. And I like I'd Ra- have to read like the Micro Machines I like guy. Rise of Skywalker. Okay. But yeah, it's too fast. But it's Resurrection Mary reimagined as a summer blockbuster, or as our Tony Black, or or as our friend Tony Black would say, a bit of a blockbuster. <laughs> it's rich with theme and subtext, but at the end of the day, it's still a pulpy monster movie about a sexy zombie woman fighting werewolves. There is no elevated horror. There is only horror. And the title of the sequel is Resurrection Mary 2, The Feral Bride. I mean, so he claims. No, that is. That's the title. It's done. You could be like changing your mind. No, it is. It, it, I don't believe you. It's integral to the story. Okay. And it will be dropping sometime in 2024. Probably early 2024. But I've got the next episodes. We're going, we're going back to our cases after coming next year. Anyway, thank you for your question. Moving on. Jason writes, the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that Donald Trump is disqualified from being on the ballot in 2024. While I do not like Trump, I'm conflicted about this. It feels like it gives ammo to the MAGA movement that the system is rigged against Trump. What are your thoughts? Also, who are you voting for? Well, Trump and his supporters will say it's rigged no matter what. Yeah, even if Trump wins, they're going to make it's rigged. It's a state's rights issue. It is. Under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, anyone who engages in an insurrection or rebellion against the United States is prohibited from serving in the government. That is the law. I wish it would go further. I wish it would take Lowen Boebert out of the picture, too, because she was involved She's in that insurrection. Lose. She's going to lose. I don't care. I don't want her to be able, be able to run. She shouldn't She's have been able lose. to run last time. Now, you have to, I will say this. Trump has not been convicted, but he has been charged with corruptly interfering with the peaceful transfer of power based on a constitutionally mandated election result. That is an insurrection, Mm -hmm. a textbook insurrection. And if the Supreme Court overturns this, they are actually laying the groundwork for the government to overturn or ignore other amendments, including the Second Amendment, which you guys all love, and Santa Claus Killer Man loved, (laughs) which means... A president, in theory, could issue an executive order on assault rifles or guns altogether. He could ban them. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, or, or you could reinstate slavery again. Or abortion. Or you know, take a, you know, really an take abortion away abortion. Ban. An actual, yeah, a real one. You could have women have to dress up like Handmaid's Tale. And the people... <laughs> All kinds of stupid shit could happen from this. The people 
who are now saying we must let the voters decide are acting in bad faith. That is a bad faith. That is gaslighting. Because if you truly believe that, they would want the Electoral College abolished, and we might get a real democracy, yeah. not a fake democracy. Because yeah. it always comes down to 10 states. Well, in other countries, they don't rely on, like, the what, like 50 people to decide yeah. who who gets to be their prime minister? No one does that. Our it's el- just us. elections come, really, I think it's like six. comes down to about six states under this corrupt system we have. It is a corrupt system. It is. So when Bernie or Trump or whoever it is says it's corrupt, they're not wrong. They're saying it for different reasons, but they're technically not wrong. You know, and Trump is corrupt, okay? If you think he's not corrupt, you're an idiot, you know? There's also corruption with Biden, too, okay? There's corruption with the politicians in general. That's how this is. It's a, it's a rigged system, rigged by the rich. Mm-hmm. We are either a nation of laws or we are not. And if you don't enforce the laws to keep people like Trump out of office, then you're lawless. Yeah. This idea that Trump, of all people, is somehow upholding the law, that's why they lose me. Because yeah. I get, look, I talk to Trump <laughs> that supporters. That guy has broken so many I fucking laws. I talk to Trump supporters, and when they start saying he is the arbiter of justice, I'm just laughing because it's stupid. It's like saying Al Capone is the- <laughs> It's like upside down world. Yeah. It's 1984. <laughs> if Biden staged a coup, I would say the same thing about him. Now, what people are saying right now is, you know, Trump is saying, I'm immune. And if that goes to the Supreme Court... If I Court, take a shit, it's presidential. If I go to the Supreme Court, you know, they're, they're saying if he, he goes to the Supreme Court and then they say he is immune, they rule he is immune, then people are saying, well, then Biden can say, well, I didn't lose the election, I'm not leaving. And he can invoke... Anyone could say that. He can invoke the Insurrection Act. Now, Biden wouldn't do that. I would, <laughs> you know, but I'm me. I'm, I'm not Joe Biden, thankfully. Um... <laughs> But Trump proved on January 6th that he should not be allowed to run again. He has been disqualified. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was his moment. He could have... Look, he could The dude has active Alzheimer's. Well, they both do. But, <laughs> but he, his is far more he advanced. He could have said, I lost, I will run next time. And he'd be in much better shape. Yeah. But he didn't do that. And everybody kept saying, he's going to leave peacefully. He did not. <laughs> we all knew he wouldn't. <laughs> if Trump is president again, you will have a real constitutional crisis. Yeah. He is openly saying he will declare himself a dictator. Yep. It's what he's going to lock up his, his opposition. He is going to uh, put all the Muslims in camps. So you dumb motherfuckers who are going to vote for him, who are of the faith. Uh, yeah. And voting for Trump. Woke, you're you're woke, fucking stupid. Woke Muslims. Go ahead and do it. Trump. Do it. Fucking they try do to it. say it's a travel ban. It's not a Muslim ban. It's a Muslim ban. He called it a Muslim ban. He's on record saying it's His a Muslim ban. His supporters know what he means. <laughs> That's why they like him. Yeah. He is telling them what he is going to do. Look, if you're saying to me. He's already said he's going to get the military out on day one. If you're saying to me, don't take him seriously then that shows, and you're a supporter of his, then that shows you don't take him seriously. If he's telling you what he's going to do, I'm taking him in his word that he says he is going to be a dictator. He was trying to use nukes the whole time he was in office, by the way. And it was only because the people around him kept him from doing something. Like, he wanted to start a war. Oh, can I drop a nuke on Iran? Can I do some stuff? By the way, it's one of the reasons why stuff's more fucked up in the Middle East because of him fucking up the Iran peace deal that... Obama slaved over because you know you can't have anything that the fucking black guy did. The chair in the Oval Office is not a throne. 
This is America, and we do not want to be ruled. I mean, some of us do, but I don't. Republican or Democrat, I don't want a dictator. I don't want fascism. So who are you voting for, Stephanie? I mean, if I could, I would vote for Gavin Newsom. He's a pit bull. I think he would be a much better candidate than Biden. I think Biden's old. I think it'd be better if Biden actually stepped aside and said, this is my fucking choice. Let him go. Because he's perfect. He's fucking white. He's attractive. He's articulate. He's mean as fuck. And I don't know if you guys saw that shit where he was taken down DeSantis on Fox. He did a good job. It was hysterical. But to be fair, DeSantis sucks. He's a terrible But he could do it to anybody. Any of those people. Nikki Haley is taking down DeSantis. But since they're not going to do that... They're really going to make me vote for Joe Biden. Well, good for you. I, where I live, it doesn't matter, so I'm not voting. Um, I would vote for RFK Jr. if he wasn't an anti-vax loon. Because I like some of his economic He's ideas. He's also a raging anti-Semite. I know. So. They, they've all got problems. you know. And I, I'm not an anti-Semite. I don't like anti-Semitism. I don't like any kind of bigotry like that. But I can't stand his voice either. I don't care if it's fucking congenital. I don't want to listen to that shit. But here's the thing. He should be saying, look, vaccines do not cause autism. Pronouns and anime does. <laughs> and that's what he should run on. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next one. Let's get through this. So Madison writes, I have always been fascinated by necrophilia because it is so disgusting. Are you ever going to talk about necrophilia? Are there any societies where the practice isn't taboo? Oh, what is it with women finding necrophilia fascinating? Because this is like the 14th person. I don't know. Um, I just know I, I've always found that... You want to diddle a corpse? No, 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 no. <laughs> I've always found it just fascinating about that the one story about the uh, the fake Florida doctor, isn't it? Wasn't Dr. Von Kohlsoller. Yeah. This Carl is, Tanzler. Yeah, yeah. Who kidnapped this fucking poor immigrant girl. And she was dying of like uh, tuberculosis and, and stole her corpse and then like kept it. And kept it, man. Like, it's so gross. Like, so that's I, the appeal. I think it's just, it's it's so disgusting and taboo and, and freakish. And it's hard to really wrap your brain around it. That I think that's what's fascinating. I'm more interested in cannibalism, but, you know, as a, as a morbid curiosity. But I don't know. I don't know about any society that actually well, says that defiling corpses in this way is okay. Well, first... Unless, of, you know, you're Hamas. First of all... Necrophilia, the word, comes from the Greek word necros, meaning death, and philia, meaning love or affection. Some psychologists have theorized that necrophilia is the transformation of a supposed negative emotion, such as anger, fear, disgust, or grief, into sexual desire. Like a transference? Yeah, but people, if that's the case, if they're mad or they're sad, they usually have sex with a live human being. Well, there's different... <laughs> or they masturbate. There's I don't know. different versions of necrophilia. Okay, different takes, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any societies where necrophilia has ever been widely accepted. Uh, there are written accounts of it being practiced in ancient Egypt, and it was yeah. mostly uh, due to the embalmers. Uh, to discourage intercourse with the dead, ancient Egyptians left the corpses of beautiful women to rot oh. for three or four days before handing them over to the embalmers. Now, this is not, in every case, it's just someone were concerned. Right. Probably word got around that somebody... That would. some of them were being really gross. Now, but that you, still sounds like a taboo. If you want to get more modern... That doesn't sound like it's accepted it's by not, society. It's never been, you know? Yeah. Cannibalism is probably more accepted in some Yeah, because there's, there's death, death, uh, death cannibalism... Where you they believe you know taking in 
certain body parts of the the dead that you're honoring them. So if you want to get more modern, not really, but kind of, (laughs) Sleeping Beauty has some pretty heavy uh, necrophilic overtones. The original Sleeping Beauty is dark and extremely icky in every sense of the word. Yeah. One of the original versions, I believe it's from France, has the princess die and her corpse is placed in the woods. And a king from a neighboring land is hunting in the forest and stumbles upon her corpse. And uh, he is struck by her beauty. Oh, see, that sounds like Snow White, too. You know, the glass Yeah, he is struck by her beauty. He tries to wake her. When that fails, he rapes her corpse and returns home. (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) So gross. Nine months later, her corpse gives birth to twins named Sun and Moon. The fuck? (laughs) Coffin birth. And this event causes her to come back from the dead. What? Motherhood, you know? Oh. By the way, if you're wondering, that's how we bring Mary back? It's not. <laughs> it's much more clever. But the king's wife, who is the villain in the story? Not the king, it's the wife. Oh, it feels like they've mixed this in with the Snow the, the Disney Snow White thing. The king's wife is not happy. Because the king slash rapist, see, he's married... And his wife expects him to be loyal to her and not to fuck corpses. <laughs> and, and have bastard children. <laughs> and she tries to feed him his bastard children that he had after raping the zombie princess. <laughs> it wouldn't be a fairy tale about little cannibalism. Now, in a rage, the king has his wife and all of her accomplices burned alive, which is pretty awesome. He saves the children. They're not killed. So, no children die in this story. One positive trait. And he marries the undead sleeping princess. <laughs> this version is death metal. Love it. Now. This feels like it should be a ghost song. This is perfect. At, well, okay. For a ghost. That's not death metal, but yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what I it's mean. Like, this is like cannibal corpse. <laughs> as for real world cases of necrophilia, I did hear a story about a woman who worked as an autopsy tech who got pregnant from the semen of a corpse. <gasps> I don't know if this is true or not. Some people dispute it. Says urban legend. I, that's that. There's a lot of reasons why this. It's absolutely depraved. Does not sound like it could happen. There is another case though that we know happened because sperm dies pretty quickly. So there is another case that is equally as twisted. So in 1982 or 1983, don't remember the exact date off the top of my head. There was a door-to-door salesman named David Stefan. Stefan attacked a 19-year-old woman named Karen Range in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1982 or 1983. He viciously beat the girl, stuffed a rag in her mouth, and slashed her throat with a paring knife with such force that he nearly decapitated her. Now, Stefan eventually pleaded guilty to murdering Karen and said he attempted to rape her, but he never actually completed the job. He never finished. Mm. Now, understandably... Investigators didn't believe Stefan since the medical exam found semen all inside and on her body. Ew. In 1983, an Ohio court found David Stefan guilty of first-degree murder and rape and sentenced him to be executed. For the next quarter century, he fought the rape convention, hoping to get off death row. Wait, so he was like, yeah, yeah, I killed her. But I didn't rape her. So I shouldn't be on death row because of the rape? Yeah. The murdering, though. Because that's what got him on death row, apparently. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, because they assumed that it was a, it was her corpse that he was raping? Yeah. Because it was there was semen all over the body and inside the body. Well, yeah, but that could happen when she's alive. 
Unless you see it post-mortem. No, they found it during the autopsy. Right, but there's post-mortem injuries. Why are you not understanding me? <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. Never mind. <laughs> this is what we're getting to, okay? There was no DNA when this happened. Obviously. But 26 years later, DNA technology would prove horrifically that the killer was in fact telling the truth. Using technology that was previously unavailable, investigators uncovered a second horror that befell Karen Range on the very day she was gruesomely murdered. The semen actually came from Kenneth Douglas, a married father of four who worked in the Hamilton County morgue for 16 years. The DNA matched the sample taken from Douglas earlier in 2008. What is it with 2008? All these cases are... <laughs> After he had been busted for drugs, he had to file corpses. Well, see, that answers my point that they found post-mortem wounding patterns, which is probably why they convicted him on raping a corpse. They, it was because he was the guy at the scene, that's why. Well, yeah, but also raping a dead girl. But he wasn't the guy. Yeah. Douglas admitted to removing Karen's body from storage about four hours during its delivery. You know, like a pizza. Fuck, man. Whereupon he got drunk, smoked crack, crack, <laughs> and said he remembered removing her from the freezer in order to have sex with her. Oh, God. Necrophile Kenneth Douglas got three years in jail for gross abuse of a corpse. Three years? Because that's what they call it, just abuse of a corpse. Not a person, it's a corpse. Uh, I know. But even a corpse has more rights. Eventually. Than alive women. Never mind. Eventually, Douglas confessed to sexually violating more than 100 dead bodies during his 16 years on the job. In 2012, Douglas pleaded guilty to sexually desecrating the bodies of April Hicks, who had fallen from a high window, and Charlene Appling, who was six months pregnant when she was strangled to death. One nasty tidbit is that Kenneth Wise suspected he was cheating on her, and of course he was with the dead. She said he had a gross smell on him when she would pick him up from the, his job. Oh my God. Yeah. So and did it, she suspect that he was... No, she just thought he was cheating on her. Oh. Because he had women's perfume and stuff on him, and it's like, where's this coming from? It's coming from these dead bodies that are hauled into the morgue. Because, you know, they're wearing perfume or whatever, cologne from men. Or he may even be spraying it on himself to mask the scent. Yeah, I think it was from the women. Just an absolutely vile and disgusting man. Apparently, he's out of prison now. He is... Because three years, apparently, is all you need. He's he's living a life of seclusion. It's kind of like a pedophile, you know, to get out of prison. So, you know, is this why you like necrophilia, Stephanie? No, it, I'm just only fascinated by that one case, because it's like turn of the century this weird. This case is and wild. Macabre. This is wild. This is fucking gross. The other one is gross. I know, but the other one's like like dark history gross. This one is just straight up fucking gross. Yeah. I, 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 the other one is that guy is obsessed with a single person. Like, it's freaky. But uh, it's just like, he's like, I'm he can't let, He can't let go. Right. He violates her autonomy. He, mm-hmm. he crosses a line. He It's... He's the, talking about he Von violates the natural law. The doctor she's talking about. Mm-hmm. He's in love with her. Yeah, he was rule sane too, which is really funny. I don't think he's he was. Sane. He's not sane. <laughs> uh, this person, I think, is sane. Just fucking gross. Yeah. Jamie writes: As the sun sets on 2023, what are your most proud accomplishments of the year? Any regrets? I've been listening to your pod since the beginning, and I continue to enjoy the two of you. Well. Jamie, thank you. I just want to tell you yeah, that. thank you. I really appreciate that. I will let Stephanie go we first. We have been through ups and downs of this podcast. I will let Stephanie go first. Um, so for This me, year, personally th- for you. This year, um, I have made some just personal changes in my life. I got sick and tired of being 
really sick and tired of being and ignored by my doctors. And um, I took some advice from my brother's girlfriend, actually. I've been wanting to do adult ballet for a long time. And I kept thinking I needed to get more in shape to do it because I know how um, grueling it is. Yes. I used to dance. And uh, she's, she made a really salient point. She's like, well, that's dumb. You're never going to get there. You're, you don't, you know, you're never going to work out to get to do the ballet. Just do the fucking ballet. Um, you'll, you'll get in shape by doing the thing you actually like. And I was like, that's, that's really smart. Well, since we moved to Lawrence, we have a really good art center that offers adult ballet. And they also offer Pilates. So I took adult uh, ballet and Pilates and it's made phenomenal changes in my health. Um, I'm still very thyroidy. I'm still having issues. Um, but I am, I'm noticing physical changes that are affecting my mental well-being. I am a lot less depressed. I'm having less anxiety. Um, I'm doing some things with my health that I, where I'm hoping I can get the thyroid to kind of calm down by changing some medications, updating my, um, what are they called, supplements, uh, taking some things in because I've been listening to other, um, funny enough, like <laughs> uh, online experts about thyroid because I don't have an endocrinologist anymore. The other thing that I'm really excited about, because this was wholly unexpected, I was at a Sephora doing a, a pickup because I needed some new foundation. And I've always had trouble finding a shade because I have porcelain skin and I have a neutral undertone. And if you wear makeup and you like all this nerdy stuff, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> That's not really a thing that exists. So I found one from the new Lady Gaga brand, House Labs. And anyway, while I was there, I'm like talking to people like I do. And I ended up meeting um, the hiring manager at the Sephora. And uh, she really liked me because we ended up next to makeup that I um, admire. And we were talking about it. And she found out I'm a cosmetologist. She's an esthetician that I used to be a makeup artist. And it was there were certain things that I said that really intrigued her that let her know that I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> but I may have a part time job coming up. Um, I, I was going to be in for like the holiday season, but that didn't work out. It was really last minute. And it's perfect because I cannot do anything more than 20 hours. And that's where it starts. And I think she has some ideas for me maybe even moving up in the company. And I never thought I would maybe start back at maybe Sephora, I've been wanting to maybe apprentice for one of my um, hairdresser friends who's very good actually who does my hair but this is actually a better way and I started I started in the beauty industry doing makeup I was a freelance makeup artist for over well over a decade and um so yeah I'm really I'm really excited and I'm continuing my exercise journey I've been doing even more Pilates and going to performer classes and stuff while we have this big stupid break at the um community center that's the unfortunate thing when you have things at a community center that'll take like a two month break. But um, yeah, uh, I basically just got fed up with hitting myself like running into a brick wall. That's what it felt like for the past over 10 years with this thyroid condition that's been out of control and not having anyone listen to me. And mm -hmm. they're still not listening to me, by the way. Um, I was just like, well, what can I change? What can I do? What can I control? Well, I always knew that I wanted to dance again. I knew that I wanted to be more physically fit and active. I hated walking. I don't like doing just free weights. It's all that shit is really boring. I like a mind body connection. And that's what dance offers me. And even though I am not nearly where I used to be as a young person, it's so gratifying to do something you really, really love. So if you're struggling to find like to work out to get in shape, find something that you really love to do. And I'm not kidding. Even if it's like if it's like a sport, like if it's t doing pickup games of basketball or whatever, 
find that thing that really brings you joy, you you will find other ways to actually, and this is what I found, this is why I like the Pilates, you will find other modalities to, to help make you better at the thing you really like, because you want to keep doing it. And that's, but anyway, that's been my and accomplishment it, for me it, this it, year. And if it doesn't work out, there's always Forever 21. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, if it doesn't work out, then I'm not ready for it yet. And I still have a ways to go with my health. Um, but I'm just excited that this opportunity is here. And I'm also terrified. But it's exciting. Nonetheless. Well, I'm glad. I'm happy for Stephanie. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really know about 23. It was not my year. It was. It sucked. <laughs> um podcast just got derailed a bunch of times part of it was my own fault because this stupid drama that started with the phantom killer episode a certain person was mentioned in there and then that just escalated into drama and then we came well, i don't think we regret um i don't regret it that. i don't regret it it's just it was a i don't regret anything yeah but it it, it was a self-inflicted wound on my part well how could we have known it was dumb. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to read I'm just it. saying, how could we have known that all the drama would have... And Stephanie came after was this. busy, has been busy. I don't regret that. I'm, I'm glad she's doing what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And then we did the Resurrection Mary episode. And when I was writing that or helping to write that, I got sick with kidney stones. I was sick almost the entire time I was writing that. We don't have health insurance. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, it's, it makes it really hard. It, it, even with health insurance, there's not much you can do. They could have bl- no. They can they can do things like blast the stones in your. You can go kidneys. to the ER and do that. I could have done that. I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do it. I I I live with it. And then the stuff got delayed. Mm-hmm. But I will say I am very proud of that episode. I really liked writing that episode. I think it turned out well. I think it's the best episode we've ever done. You know, it's not everybody's cup of tea because it's a story and people want to hear you talk about real murders and mm-hmm. real cases. And we're going to do that. OK, there the res, next Resurrection Mary episodes comes out, you know, in 2024. But next we're getting back to, you know, unsolved mysteries and X-File type cases. I thought you were just going to go more balls to the walls story time. Michael, no, there will be narration. Scary power hour. There will be narration in there in some of these, like we did with Jane Toppin. But we're going to do actual cases. I never planned to do. I can't do that. That would take. We get like <laughs> three pods a year. It take. They're grueling. You know. I'm enjoying writing a new one. That's the thing. As I really have enjoyed. I can't believe what I'm writing. Like I'm writing it. I'm just like, oh God, what am I writing? But I love this. It's it's exciting. It's this. I feel like I'm writing something good. But. We were supposed to do a Halloween episode, mm-hmm. the werewolf killer. Mm-hmm. I was sick. Things just got out of hand. We didn't get to do it. So yeah. that's going to be, and I, we, originally we were going to do that for this episode. Yeah. But I just felt like for Christmas, it didn't feel right to talk about a Halloween related murder. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Totally. <laughs> it's similar to a case we talked about in this episode. I'm not going to say which one. Um, did we cover it or did we not? Because you talked about it to me so much. This, we have the not, Halloween murder. We have not. Co- I don't want to like spill the beans. We have not covered the werewolf killer. Okay. But there is a similarity between that and the Santa Claus killer that okay. we talked about. Yeah. It's this really gruesome case that took place in the early 1980s in California. But what's interesting about the case, without spoiling anything, is we're not quite sure who the villains are in the story. It starts out like you, we're not going to victim blame, but there's some things about the victim that are a little off kilter as well. And that's what haunts me about oh, the Oh, the werewolf killer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, I we've come to the end of 2023 of the podcast. You know, we did what six episodes this year or so. <laughs> anyway, it's not my fault. Anyway, <laughs> Merry Christmas to all of our wonderful subscribers. Thank you for making this channel what it is. Here's wishing you all the best over the holidays and for the new year. See you in 2024 and stay safe. Bye-bye. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the hap happiest season of all. Parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing, and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time